Here's what's coming up on today's show. Will there be taxes? Yeah, they're going to have to pay taxes on the money as they withdraw, depending on what type of beneficiary they are. Um, but there's no way to get around that unless you just don't give them the money, but then they don't get the money and they don't have to pay taxes. Hello, this is Mark Silverman, managing member and founder of Silverman & Associates, and I'm also a certified financial planner professional. I want to welcome you to the Saving with Silverman podcast. I'm glad you're here. Each week, we'll discuss different financial planning topics because making smarter choices about your money impacts the quality of your life. Hey, you know, we, we always talk about these crazy federal crimes that are on the books. And uh, some of these things, I don't know how in the world they decided to make these things a crime, but it would also be impossible to count them all because there are so many. But we want to keep our listeners from running afoul of the law. So here's one for this week. It's a federal crime to pick somebody up from a federal wilderness area using a hot air balloon. How in the world wow. would they well, come well, up Well, good with thing that? is I have a hole in my hot air balloon, so it's not operable <laughs> right now. So I think I'm safe. <laughs> Well, I was going to ask you if you've ever written on a hot I've never had. I've, 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 I've I would. I've thought about it. Um, yeah. I just haven't, but I would. I have a, a long time ago. Okay. Um, and uh, it was really relaxing and fun, but terrifying at the same time. Yeah, yeah. they do a big hot air balloon festival later in the year in New Mexico, in, in yeah. Albuquerque, yeah. Um, that I want to do. I, but you have to book it like a year or two in advance because it gets so busy. But It's, uh, it's something you all ought to do at least once. You know? It's on the bucket list. Right. Yeah. I, I'm not going to do it again. I can tell you that right. much. But, you know, the, the one thing is you picture people in this it's kind of a basket that they're in, right. you know, and it only comes up to about your waist, which gives you the feeling right. that you're going to. I'm going to fall out. So you're not leaning over the edge? Uh, yeah, exactly. I didn't lean over the edge. As tall as you are, you better not lean over the edge. It might not be a good idea. <laughs> well, hey, let's talk about something uh, more down to earth here. Uh, let's go to the mailbag. We have some great questions. Uh, Colleen and Marana says, how much money should I have in my emergency fund? And how does this differ from other savings, like for a vacation or my property tax bill? Great question. You know, we get this one actually pretty frequently, but it's a great question. And I'll say this first. So if you're listening to the show and you have a question, um, you can certainly go to uh, the website, which is savingwithsilverman.com, click the radio button, and then it'll show you just how to submit a question. You can type it in there, and then you'll get to hear it here on the air like Colleen has done. So a mm -hmm. uh, great way to do that, or you can certainly reach out, and I can answer your question directly if you don't want to hear it on the air. Okay. Um, but with that being said, you know, emergency funds – you know, we recommend the, the general rule is three to six months worth of expenses should be liquid. So if you're spending $5,000 a month, you should have fifteen to $30,000 liquid at all times. Sometimes for our retired clients, we'll get a little more uh, conservative and we'll do 12 months. So in that case, it'd be 60,000 should be liquid. And as I tell people, you know, money market rates have certainly come up, um, but they're still lower than what inflation is. And so that's kind of the issue right now is, you know, you want to keep enough in emergency funds, but not too much because you know you're losing purchasing power um, regarding you know how should it differ from other savings you know vacations something that you're planning emergency funds are for emergencies things that aren't planned that you know are going to happen your air conditioning breaks which you know is going to happen but you don't know when you know that sort of thing typically vacations you plan so you know what's going to happen so you save for it same thing with the property tax bill you know you it comes up twice a year you, you pay that property tax you know when it comes up so you're planning for those sorts of things so things that are planned for you typically don't want to use the emergency fund those are things that you plan for in your savings. Mm -hmm. um, but an emergency fund needs to be replenished. So if you have, say, $30,000 saved, 
and let's say your AC unit breaks and it's going to cost you 10 grand, so now you have 20 grand in there, you need to replenish that emergency fund another 10 grand to get it back to the 30. So that's kind of how that system works. Okay, that makes sense. Colleen, if you'd like to follow up with a phone call and talk more about this with Mark, 520-333-7601. Next question here is from Bonnie in Catalina Foothills. Bonnie says, I want to ensure my assets are passed on to my children with minimal tax implications. Can you explain the basics of, of estate planning that I should make sure I have covered? Yeah, and these things change each year. Um, you know, in 2026, a lot of the estate planning rules are going to be changing. So um, they say it's going to go through. Um, um, it sounds like it will. And that's going to affect everybody. So there's going to be some big changes. But as it is right now, you know, the best way to do it is if you have retirement accounts that have beneficiaries, like if you have IRAs, 401ks, 403bs, you know, TSPs, you know, those sorts of things, they have named beneficiaries. If it has a named beneficiary, it's going to be passed on without any probate or anything like that. Um, there should, and there, will there be taxes? Yeah, they're going to have to pay taxes on the money as they withdraw it, depending on what type of beneficiary they are. Um, but there's no way to get around that unless you just don't give them the money, but then they don't get the money and they don't have to pay taxes. Yeah. Um, the other side of it, too, is if you have other accounts like brokerage accounts, banking accounts, checking accounts, even your house or autos, you can put a, a title, a beneficiary deed, et cetera. You can do what's known as a TOD or POD. That stands for transfer on death and payable on death. So if you have a bank account and you want to add your children on there as a TOD or POD, whichever it is, um, you just go to the bank and ask them for the form. They'll give it to you. There's no cost to do it. It's usually one to two pages. You put them on there. The nice thing is they don't have any ownership in it. They can't go in and take out the money. Nothing happens until you or if you and your spouse are on that account have passed away. But they can get to that account avoiding probate. If you need more, if you want to get a little more complicated than that and, you, and, and your situations has a little more um, nuances, I guess you would say, um, you probably want to speak to an estate planning attorney and look at maybe doing a trust and seeing what the benefits of that might be because you could do some other things in there that you can't do with just what I mentioned. Bonnie, uh, thank you very much for the question. And again, if you want to have a, a longer conversation about this with Mark Silverman, call 520-333-7601. You can text if you'd rather do that. One more question today, Mark. It's from Richard in Vail. And Richard says, I owe about $50,000 on my house and about $45,000 on a rental property that I've had for several years. I have enough cash to pay off one of these, but not both. Which one should I pay off? Well, Richard, that's actually a really good question. I mean, um, a couple things. One is, you know, um, if you know, depending on when you got those mortgages, if you got them a couple years ago and the rates are very low, on paper, it probably makes sense to keep the mortgages, keep the write-off, and put that money in an account that's going to grow more than what you're paying, uh, including the write-off. So that's one thing. If you're doing it for peace of mind reasons, where you just want to eliminate one of the mortgages. I would say probably the one that has the highest interest rate, which I'm assuming is going to be the rental property because typically rental properties have higher interest rates than primary residences, but you have to check your paperwork to see. But that's the way I would do it is look is whichever one has the highest interest rate, pay that one off. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's uh, another good question today. We've got three of them. And uh, folks, get these questions to you in a variety of ways. If there's somebody out there who is interested in uh, getting a question to you and perhaps hearing it mentioned on the radio... What do they do? All you have to do, you'll give out the number, is reach out. Call or text us. 
Um, you'll get on our list. Christine will reach out to you the next business day and get you on the calendar for a 15-20 minute phone call with me. You get to, you're not speaking to somebody else and we'll have a conversation, no cost, no obligation. I'll answer any questions that you have and then we can determine if we're a good fit or not and the next steps of uh, where we go from there if, if you think we want maybe may want to work together. You've been listening to the Saving with Silverman podcast. If you have any questions at all about your financial situation, please give Mark Silverman a call. Again, his number is 520-333-7601 or go online to savingwithsilverman.com. For Mark Silverman, I'm Ron Stutz. We'll see you next time on the Saving with Silverman podcast. The Saving with Silverman podcast is brought to you by Silverman & Associates Wealth Management, LLC, based in Tucson, Arizona. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and everywhere you listen to shows. Subscribe to the show on your favorite app today and never miss an episode. Just search for Saving with Silverman to find us or visit savingwithsilverman.com to listen to past episodes, to contact Mark, and to learn more about how to make smarter decisions with your money. Did you know that Mark Silverman also has a radio show? Tune in to Saving with Silverman Saturdays and Sundays at 3 p.m. on AM 790 KNST. All matters discussed on this show are for informational purposes only. Opinions expressed are solely those of Silverman & Associates Wealth Management LLC and staff. All topics covered are believed to be from reliable sources. However, Silverman & Associates Wealth Management LLC makes no representation as to its accuracy or completeness. The show shall in no way be construed as a solicitation to sell securities or investment advisory services to residents of any state other than Arizona or where otherwise permitted. Topics should be discussed with your individual advisor prior to implementation. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services offered through Silverman & Associates Wealth Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Arizona. Insurance products and services are offered through Silverman & Associates, an affiliated company.